You're listening to the Man Chat Podcast, a show with two men talking about recent events and the effect they could have on men's mental health. This is Sean and Huggy, your hosts. Welcome to the Man Chat Podcast. I think we're on episode seven now, aren't we, Huggy? Um, six, I think. Is it six? Oh, yeah. Six, yes, I've counted ahead. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, says. There we are. My new uh, Colombian housemate is proving very valuable in these times. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> we save that for another podcast. Um, but yes, welcome to everyone listening to us. We've actually been not recording for a couple of weeks now, have we, Hugging? It's been quite a busy month, really, yeah. when we think about all the different things going on. We've got Pride Month is in full full swing. We're right in the middle of the Euros. We're actually recording this just before England play the Czech Republic. So, Huggy, what's your predictions for that one? Probably a boring 0-0 draw like this Scotland game last Friday. <laughs> boring 0-0, yeah. It's not been a great Euros for us so far. But who knows when this goes out, we might have made it through the groups and be lifting that trophy. And also... Um, what else has been happening this month? It's just been a lot going on. We got we got the British and Irish Lions first game against well, friendly against Japan on Saturday. That's a big one. Yes, and also that was the other point I wanted to mention. Carl Sinclair has been called up to the Lions squad. I'm not sure, you know, if it's just a coincidence that our podcast I, came I out a, and then he I, got selected. Yeah. But I mean, I, I have heard, heard it's a lot to do with Manchester. Yeah, and I have heard Warren Gatland is a massive fan of of the podcast. Just heard it on the grapevine. Um, out yeah. There. So yes, it's been a it's been a big month, but we're back back today with our our usual episode. So we've got a, a topic to talk through. Back in with the agony uncles, they've had a little bit of a rest, a little bit of a think about how they can help solve more of your problems, and then finally onto our say your days where we talk about how our mental health has been for the last week. And uh, so this week, even though we're right in the middle of the Euros, and the biggest topic we could have talked about could potentially have been football, we've decided to go on to rugby with a Joe Marler show that was released, I think about two or three weeks ago, wasn't it, Cal? It's released on Sky One. And Cal, I'm going to hand it over to you to tell our listeners what this Joe Marler podcast, not podcast, the Joe Marler show is about. So the show is all about his struggles uh, with mental health. So he talks about himself in a journey where he looks back at when he was a child and he sees his first progression into rugby and how he acted then and his behavior, his anger, um, and then how this has progressed. And he, you know, he, he talks about some really deep things and you watch it and you see this guy on TV week in, week out, playing for Harlequins, playing for England. And he's the gobby one, but he backs it yeah. up on the pitch. Like he, he loves getting in a little scrap. There's one, there's a famous one of him and uh, Haskell. Haskell grabs him in the death choke uh, hold, throws him to the floor after <laughs> spraying some water. I think it spraying yeah. some water at him. But he talks about that and he says, like, it was that actually me acting out because I was hiding from something. And he openly talks about how he would drive to training, bawling his eyes out. And yeah. then he'd get to training, dry his eyes, go into the changing room and be that jokey, sort of happy chap, go out, do training, then get in the car and then break down again. And, I, you know, it makes you think how many people are like that, that we know, yeah. uh, that you may, that the listeners may know with their friends, but don't know, you know, they don't know this is going on behind closed doors. And it, it does make I, you think. Yeah, I think just to add on to there as well, uh, it's actually coincidental. I watched a program yesterday called The Mask, The Mask We Live In, I think it's called. It, it's a documentary about male masculinity. It's worth a watch, but I think it's about £4 on YouTube. I've never paid for a YouTube video before, but um, yeah, that's the way the world works. But in there, in, in very similar to this, they share that uh, that in men, and, and this, this is more focused on young men and uh, sort of from your ages of five up to 15, it's, it's this whole documentary about, but it says even at that age, if you see young lads acting out at school, so whether they're being aggressive, whether they're messing about, whether they're getting kicked out of class, that that is the way that male depression actually first comes out at a young age and that men look to deal with it by being, don't I mean over the top, overtly out there. Like yeah. you would think everything is fine. And apparently in children, it's one of the first signs that there's actually something um, going on behind the, the scenes with their mentality. So it's interesting and, and very coincidental that I watched that yesterday and it said that, and it's like you say there with Joe Marler, he says he would just cry in his car on the way to playing rugby. And as soon as he's out of the car, he's back to 
I mean, I would say normal, but probably normal of what people expect of him in, in that yeah. environment, isn't it? Yeah, and they and they talk about that with his young age, and you saying that about the documentary you watched yesterday, is he talks to his best mate who he's known since he was a young child, and they talk about how he used to get sort of hammered a little bit by mates when he was younger, and because of that, he would display sort of kind of like visible mood swings. Yep. And you can see how he couldn't, he couldn't think about how to sort of compartmentalize when being called those names as a kid. So maybe he was acting out. And like you just touched on there, he would have been that really, he would have been that extrovert. He would have been the person to be loud, be jokey, yeah. because he would rather that attention than be the quiet one who people looked at and maybe pointed. He wanted yeah. people to talk about him in that particular way. Definitely. I think he says it quite in there, doesn't he? Bullied, bully or get bullied. And was very much his mentality. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember whether that was at school or on the rugby field, but that was at it, school, yeah. It, it definitely does breathe into, I suppose, his personality, isn't it? On the rugby pitch, like he's, like you said, seen as a hothead, he's seen as a big aggressor, but in actual fact, behind the scenes, there were, there were things not going well. And I think I didn't know that he actually took time away from, from the game because of mental health issues. Uh, was that something you were aware of as a, as a rugby Yeah, player? yeah, I did. Well, I didn't know it was because of mental health. I knew he stepped away from playing for England. So he still played for Harlequins, but he retired from international duty. Okay. And it was put down then. It was so he could spend more time with family. I remember it coming out in the news. And it was so he could spend more time with the family because you think these guys are playing for their club and country all through the year from what, mm -hmm. September to June, July time. And then if they're called up for England, they're then away for the summer, then go straight back into another season. Uh, so they never get any time off. So that's how they kind of worded it. Um, and he says that the catalyst for him taking that time off was after a game for Harlequins, when he just sat in the change room after the game, he said that was the first time he's cried in the change room. And everyone from his team looked at him like, whoa, what's going on? Mm -hmm because they all know him as that happy-go-lucky guy. And then when they saw him break down in the change room, that's when they all sort of came to him as like, is everything okay? And this is yeah. where it goes with your question, like in a couple of podcasts ago, is he obviously didn't turn around and say, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. He obviously turned around and went, no, I'm struggling at the moment, guys. Um, and because of that, it was decided that he would retire from international rugby, which then gave him a summer, gave him time with the family, um, and I think that, wow, it worked out really well for him because then he came back. He's been in the form of ever. Like this season, he has been outstanding. Yeah, He's been called back into the England squad. He went to the World Cup in Japan last year. Probably one of the best um, props England's got, mm -hmm. apart from Kyle Sinclair, who we got into the Lions squad. Yep, Kyle. Uh, um, you owe us for that later, Kyle. Yeah. Um, and I just think that break obviously helped him because he also spoke about in that podcast where it got to a point where he broke, like he physically expelled himself in the house. And he talks about how he had an argument with his wife and he smashed the house up. He ripped some doors off, like mm. smashed the house up, just got in his car afterwards and then just drove off and was like wanting to end things. And he, he talks about that with, um, a psychiatrist doesn't he and he talks yep. with this lady about it and he says i just wanted it to end and she tries digging a little bit and she says what to end and he was like well just it my existence so he talks about there that he openly talks about how he thought about he would commit suicide that's, yep. that's huge that it gets to that stage and i think for anyone in life if it ever gets to the stage where you're thinking about taking your own life reach out if you can i know that's easier said than done but there's always someone there, like Sean and I are always there. We'll always listen. <laughs> always. Um, but yeah, just try, just try and do that. And it's quite sad that he obviously didn't have anyone he felt he could do that to. He then went and got physical help. I think he went to a wedding or went to a game and his hand was all beaten up from punching walls and punching the doors. Yeah. I think he said the club doctor came up to him and said, you're right. And he was like, yeah, fine. And he goes, you sure? And pointed at his hand and was like, and he said, oh yeah, I dropped a weight on it in the gym. And the doctor was like, I've seen fists after fights. Like <laughs> what's going on? And he opened yeah. up to the doctor, but that's only because the doctor pushed, asked more questions. Yeah. yeah. Joe just turned around and went, yeah, I'm fine. The classic response, you know? Yeah. Good you. <laughs> yeah. Fine is never enough. Remember exactly. That. Uh, exactly. Um, 
and and I think he talks about how he, I'm I'm sure he says he's bipolar. He's been classified as bipolar. Um, yeah, he's, I know. he's on tablets as well, isn't he? He was showing you like he's on all of these supplements. He's on his BCAAs, his multivits, and all these. And he's like, oh, and then these two because they just like help balance me out. And he said, yeah. I'll be on these for the rest of my life. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting point of that because oh, I, I, and I think he does touch it, doesn't he? He said when he first started, he didn't want to be on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now he is, and he's not sure if he'll, if he'll ever get off, off them. Um, and again, it was a very open documentary, wasn't it, about all aspects of his life. And I think he did go into it in a, in a lot of detail. And I think for me, it was quite, it's quite fascinating when these, uh, I say like celebrities, but high profile people do these types of things because um, in, in this documentary, he goes and he does swimming, he meets these groups, doesn't he? He does um, yeah. acting, singing, and, and there's a lot of things that he does. And, the, you know the psych- psychological help that he has where he's writing down in a journal and he's talking like say about when he wanted to end his life and stuff yeah and i think about this process right and obviously he's high profile but he's, he's obviously got money because he's a he's an england rugby player so he can afford right some of this treatment and and be the best there and I, I always try and think like how is this applicable to the everyday man right like me and yourself um here speaking now we don't have these mental health issues um, but he's lucky in, in a way that when he has got those issues, like you say, he's got a, he, he can build that support network of top level professionals quite easily because he's in those he's in those networks. He's at that space. Uh, but for someone like myself or you who aren't quite at those levels yet, um, Speak but, for yourself. <laughs> um, we're not quite at those levels. I always think, like, what can what can we take away from this to use as more of a preventative measure? Um, and, and mm. you know, that's where this is the journal. Everything we do is aimed at getting men thinking about mental health understanding what you know what ticks you off and where you're heading so that you don't end up ripping off doors where you've got a, a pregnant yeah. wife and um, so yeah huggy in this documentary is there any bits in there that you thought oh I might, I might take this out or that's something i might try next time i'm in a in a bad mood or was there any bits in the documentary that you thought you could take away to implement yeah, I definitely like the idea of where he goes for a walk and he meets uh, the former British Army captain. And, mm. you know, not necessarily, I mean, like meet up with someone that used to be in the forces and go and have a little walk <laughs> in, a, in a hill in Snowdonia. But, Mate, I'll meet you there more, if you want. I can dress up if it, if it makes it more authentic. <laughs> what, what are you, you going to wear? <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that. That will get the explicit tag on Spotify if I <laughs> go into that much detail. Um, but no, I think the way he just sort of went out into the wilderness and he kind of, it just helped him think about things. Granted, he was there with somebody who's trained in like building, like, like a life coach. That's what he was, a life coach. But I think just, even if you just go there with a friend, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, like a parent, anyone, I think that would be good. You can just remove yourself from everything, leave your phone, leave everything behind, just go out there and think. But then also... One which I've spoken about before on a podcast was when I went swimming in a river. The Duke, the magic the Duke. Duke, the magic, magic of Duke. the Duke. And I felt, and I did feel fantastic after that. And he he does that. He goes swimming yeah. uh, in one of the lakes, I think in Snowdonia. Yeah, he goes wild water swimming in Snowdonia. Yeah, and with Vivian, think, isn't it? Yeah. Vivian? Uh, well, up, if Vivian. that's what her name is, fair play. You remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big up. But he, go, he goes swimming. And he says about how he comes out and yes, he's feeling cold and all that, but he says, I feel great now. And that's one, one big thing I think is important is maybe just trying something new, which he did. He put himself Mm -hmm. out of his comfort zone and then it made him feel better after that. I'm not sure I would go to um, the choir that he did. The choir, yeah, he went to the choir, a bit of singing. Don't think yeah. that's a bit, you've got a set of pipes on you. Hey, I used, I've heard I you singing Mr. Brightside at 2 a.m. in the morning. I used, I used to be head choir boy at primary school. Did you? There we yeah. are. Yeah, but then... Uh, that's yeah. still on the CV, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I tell, every, I tell everyone about it. Um, but no, I, I don't think I could do that because I, I, I think I'd get a bit too nervous about yeah, bit, doing it. A bit too far out of the comfort zone. Yeah, but but I can relate to some of the stuff that he spoke about. Like he says about driving to training, crying his eyes out. I remember I must have been 22 and I, when I was working at Honda and um, I I had just come back from having like six months off after having knee mm-hmm. surgery. And yeah. then when I, when I returned, I got removed. I got basically, I got kicked off my apprenticeship with like four weeks left. 
yeah. and they, they put me on the production line and I just felt like my whole world had collapsed. I was like, great, yeah. I've got no direction anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. And I used to drive to work and I'd call my mum and I'd be crying my eyes out every single morning. Really? Yeah. I'd be crying my eyes in. out. Yeah, before getting in. And the same way Joe would, I would wipe those tears away because I'm a man and apparently I can't show any emotion to anyone. And yeah. I'd go in, get my overalls on, walk to the production line where I yeah. used to have to stand and do, it's basically you put some sealer on the bonnet. So when the car goes through paint, it, it doesn't leak and it doesn't bubble. Okay. And that was what I would do. And I did that for like two months. By the power of Grayskull, I had to go for further knee surgery. Okay. So I got off of that and then I went into like another role when I came back. And But at that time off really helped. Same way his time off from England helped him because it gave me the chance to, it gave me a chance to look at my life and where I wanted it to go. Mm. And then that's when I worked with HR, I worked with resourcing in the company and I got a really good job working in HR. Yep. And then that's what helped me propel. And then that's what, then I did that for the next couple of years. I got to travel, I got to develop them. Unfortunately, I got made redundant because of the um, economic crisis. Honda was not a good place for you, was it, mate? It, it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> I've got some good memories there and I've also got some atrocious memories there. <laughs> yeah. um, but it then helped me because then I knew that I wanted to go to university. And then I went yeah. to university, did my time at uni. Now I've got a good job. Yeah, and I'm bloody happy. So I am a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. But when he was talking about how he'd sit in the car driving and crying, it mm. instantly made me think of that time. And then I just felt that sort of feeling in the pit of my stomach of, oh, I know what he's on about. And it is horrible mm. because yeah. you can only talk. Like I was lucky enough that I could talk to my mum about it. She's she's like my best mate. I talk to my mum about everything. Yeah. Um, and I remember I used to be crying on the phone. I'd only just left her <laughs> and I would phone her <laughs> crying on my way to work. I hated life, but I couldn't tell any of my friends it. Yeah. Well, it's that pressure, isn't it? When you're, you're younger and, and you have a job and things aren't going that well. Yeah. Um, and you're like, you either meet up with friends or, you know, they're like, yeah, everything's going well. I like, had things with you and you're like, yeah, everything's going well. And then to your point, you're in reality, you're like, oh, fuck this. I'm not getting any, it's, it's that treadmill of life, isn't it? Yeah. That, that you get stuck on. How did you, well, I suppose you, you, you got the new job. From yeah. The, the that was only lucky. That was only lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I had ended up staying there, well, I, I can't imagine I'd have wanted to just stay on the production line building yeah. cars. Yeah. Because my mind's too active. Like that sort of job's brilliant if you're somebody that can clock in and switch off your brain yeah. for nine hours, build a car, and then, because you're you're repeatedly doing about 350 cars a day. Wow. And you're just doing the same process. Well, you'll maybe swap over and do two processes, but it's 350 mm. cars go across the production line each day. Yeah. Or it was. Yep. So you think, if you can switch off, that's the best job in the world because yep. you got paid. They got paid very well. They got a company car, they got private health, everything. But it's not something that I'd have been able to do. So I, I, yep. I don't know how I'd have coped if I wasn't fortunate enough to... Well, know. fortunate enough to have more surgery and then got, <laughs> yeah. you know, worked hard and got the other job. But yeah, definitely. But so, so your takeaways are get back into nature, get back in swimming, go yeah. and see Vivian in Snowdon or Mount Snowdonia. Um, to, yeah, that was swimming. Snowdonia, and actually, yeah. she started well, swimming, you? didn't Did she? You? Because of her, her daughter. Is it her yeah, daughter her passed mom, away or something? Or a mum? And a mum was a swimmer. Her mum passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted to go back and get close to her mum. But yeah, I thought was there anything on there? Was there anything on there that you kind of related to, or uh, for, does it make me, you think about anything? Yeah, for me, there was the the first bit was uh, the sentence. So when he does the acting, so he goes to that acting school place, the Tottenham something. Yeah, uh, for, for youth hostel. Yeah, or young adults um, to yeah. go and express themselves. And I think the thing for me was the quote in there in that mental health isn't a light switch; it's a dance. I think that was a, a fantastic quote from one of the actors who I can't remember his name. If I could, I would give him the shout out because I think he deserves it for that. Um, mm. Just to sh show sort of, and, and really made me think about the long, the longevity of the nature of your mental health. You know, it's not something that it's always going to be good and you can just turn on good mental health, you know, and, and to Joe's point that he was making is like, 
you can act like you're okay even though you're not and it isn't that light switch of if i'm okay on the outside it's okay on the inside and there will always be ups and downs i suppose throughout throughout your life um and i think the other bit that i took away from it was around like building that support network yeah i'm really trying to think about like because obviously your mum like you say there i think we can both say we're probably mummy's boys on this on the, on the podcast but all the best blokes are yeah <laughs> like you know your mum's always gonna be there to listen and they do know you better than anyone else and will always come up with a bit of a gem but sometimes there's certain topics or certain things where you don't want your mum's opinion or you want you know a different opinion of, of someone that's experienced it or something and i was just like i wonder how i can build those support networks within different people within different groups for like you say Cav, if it's something with the job where do you go for that you know it's mm. it's um it's certainly tough especially as you're all starting work from uni like no one's really got I mean, apart from you, because you're you're a little bit a little bit older than, than the rest of us. But am I? Like, <laughs> but you know, it's like where do you go for careers, right? If you think about us as a group of lads that have all left uni, we're only three or four years into a career. We haven't had that twenty-year-long career where we know the ups and downs. And you know, yeah. my dad was in the same role for forty-three years, so he's not. He's not. You know, it's yeah. not really changed that much for for them. So you sometimes think, well. Who do I talk to about that? And how do I build that support of my mentality and, and get that side stronger? And I also think, yeah, the, the bits that resonate with me, I think we've touched on them before, are always about that acting out piece. Um, I, I think I've said before, if I'm drinking a lot um, throughout the week, that's when I know there's something wrong with, with the mental health. Um, or if you, you know, you have a few beers and you start getting angry or something like that, mm. is it's for me when I, I have that trigger and I know that something's wrong actually internally i'm not wrong but something needs to be addressed is probably the better way of putting it um but yeah that, that sort of stuck with me um there but again i think it's just about how can we get more people being more preventative and you know understanding themselves and i, I think it's amazing how many of these stories as well start in childhood isn't it i don't yeah. know if you find that when you you watch these documentaries it's it's always like you know, they're a 30 year old man playing rugby and they've, they've got his issues and they're like, what happened to it? Oh, well, I was a big lad when I was six, seven, eight. And, and that stuck with me for the past 22 yeah. years. And now I am, you know, it's impacting lives of others. It's, it's really coming to a head now. And it's, I think that's amazing as well. How, how many of these stories start really with childhood and, and getting into the, I suppose, the psyche behind that. We'll have to see if we've got any, any sort of child psychology experts in our in our groups and our contacts that we can get on to talk about it yeah no i think i think that's true and like like joe touches on like i <laughs> believe it or not i was a chubby child <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you know i i was always the brunt of anything to do with that when i was a younger kid mm -hmm. and i wouldn't be surprised if that's why i'm kind of an an extrovert and would like to try and be the happy jokey laughy guy but at the end of the day i think yeah it's i can't put it down to just being that yeah and, and i think it's difficult for each person and the best way of us being able to help people or by doing anything around raising awareness is simply by raising awareness we mm. need more people to talk about it and this podcast and like the locker room journal and man thoughts on Facebook subscribe to all guys. If you can. <laughs> Wait, the list gets longer each time we do one. So we'll be here the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. like a Chinese but, but, takeaway. Can I have number 71? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's, platform, it's platforms like that, that help and are going to continue mm. to help. Like coming off the back of this with Joe Marla, he's now pushed and he's really pushing for there to be a mental health specialist on the lions tour and yeah. like i've reached out to the lions to come on one of our podcasts yeah i sent them an official email if anyone has any contacts get in contact with them please because <laughs> i've emailed them and i've had no reply we want to hear from them I, you know think of the stresses that they're going through so yeah they're going to be away from home for the next what six seven weeks maybe mm -hmm. they've got the stresses of are they going to get selected they've got the stresses of training hard they've got the stresses yeah. of covid mm. you've got the stresses of being abroad during covid you yeah, know, yeah. and and what do they have in place? Do have they listened to the likes of Joe Marler, who's now saying you need a mental health specialist involved on this tour? 
or are they just relying on it being a team spirit and everyone just talking to each other on team? Because Joe got his help. I was I just looked up before we came on here and I saw that he did talk to Eddie Jones, the England manager, about it. And mm. Eddie and he said, when I first spoke to Eddie about it, I thought, oh, here we go, because Eddie Jones is someone who takes no shit. Yeah. But actually, the first thing he said was, was what can I do to help you? And can we get invo- anyone involved to help you? Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm so, the only reason I'm surprised at that, again, another plug for the High Performance Podcast, um, but Eddie Jones has been on there and that is a fantastic episode as well to listen to. Um, mm. But he says they didn't, they don't have mental health coaches at the England camp anymore or, or any of that side because he thinks it's up to the players to take responsibility for their own, like getting their own help. Um, so uh, I can, okay. but I mean, he was a PE teacher as well, so I can imagine yeah. like, he he is that soft. If you approach him as a direct person, I can imagine him being soft and you know not gonna be like, oh fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one to deal with your shit. I can imagine him getting help, but that's interesting because yeah, I know in the England camp under Eddie Jones, I don't know if it's changed now, but when they did this podcast, he was like, mental health is all down to the players, and you know if they feel like they need rest, they need to get help, they need to go and get it. He's like, we don't put that on for them. Um, and I think that's an interesting point as well around and, and maybe want to get comments on from the lads on, you know, if you've got someone there that is a, a mental health first aider, that's a big one in the corporate space, isn't it? Um, yeah. or, or they're trained with, you know, mental health and they're there to talk to about your mental health. Are you actually going to talk to them or are you going to be put off because they are, you know, wearing this T-shirt with uh, I'm here to talk about mental health or, you know, oh, that's, that's mm. Dave, he's the mental health guy. And then, you know, a player goes in, and you can imagine it, can't you, in a, in a rugby seat, even in football or any sports, you know. Oh, do you see, see Steve was in with Dave yesterday for about half yeah. an hour. I wonder what's going Just on there. Like, should, we, should, we, should we go ask him? And then you've got to think about, well, some of these players will have allegiances to their clubs, right? So when they finish the Lions tour, and it's like all of that sort of competitive edge that, that some players will be looking for, right? Not, not because they're horrible people, it's just how they're built. Um, but I wonder if that would make a difference. I think so, because we've spoken about, like, uh, hangover anxiety. So imagine yeah. what mental health anxiety. Yeah, would be like you, you. We've spoken about when you wake up after a night out and you see two friends talking. And you're thinking, "Oh, what did I do last night?" What they're talking about. Yep. And you just touched on it. Then you look over and you see the mental health first aider talking to one of your teammates or talking to the manager, and they're not looking at you, but you instantly get anxious, thinking, "Oh, is he telling him what I was saying yesterday?" Yeah. You know, then it just breeds not talking again. Yeah. But there's obviously methods they can do. Mm. But so I, I, I partly agree with what Eddie Jones is saying, in yeah. that it's up to the it's up to the individual. But I think they need the tools there. So they yeah. maybe just need like an awareness of this is here if you need it, but we're not going to come up and sort of mother you. Yeah. You need to come to us. Yeah. Maybe, well, we know Warren Gatland's a fan of the Man Chat podcast, so maybe they'll mm. have this plane in their, in the lounge when they all arrive. That's um, true. I, I imagine that's probably the setup that they're going for. I've heard the same, to be fair. But yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think it's some good points in there as well, and I think for people listening, um, I think, you know, particularly as we've got quite a few rugby players as well listening, um, I think, and then what you touched on there, Huggy and, and Joe Marley did as well, about how much of their childhood and, and potentially being overweight at a younger age has impacted their mental health today it'd be interesting to see for you listening right now just to take a you know put, put press the pause button wherever you are take a couple of minutes and just think about if if that has led to some um some of your your things in the way that you think about now in life it'd be good to hear your thoughts and, and if yeah that has impacted you and and you know come on and talk about it. i think we had fraser martin didn't we last yeah. time on talking about his mental health and being overweight and, and the way that led him to behave um, doing belly flops on concrete floors uh, which is yeah. for a snigger not not even for a laugh <laughs> not even just for a doing laugh. it for a snigger just for someone to blow more air out of their nose I think yeah really that's it yeah but yeah if you haven't watched the pod uh, the podcast if you haven't watched the program on it's on Sky I think it's definitely worth a watch it's fantastic yeah. five minutes it's yeah it's it's really eye-opening to see Joe Marler just he's a normal bloke at the end of the day. He's, he's not got any sort of airs or graces about him, has he? And yeah, I think no, he's, no, no. he's really sort of self-critical as well, isn't he? You know, he's not trying to hide behind the fact that he punches people on rugby, you know, and that he is a hothead and he's got a temper. He doesn't hide behind it or, no. try, and not, or try and blame all of that on his, 
you know, on his issues. Um, he, he talks about it quite openly. So it's a thorough, thoroughly enjoyable watch. Yeah, it's um, very wholesome. And it's been great to discuss it with you there, Huggy, and, and hopefully people will watch, take away, and also think about some of the, the questions we've chucked at you there to, to get in touch with us, um, yeah. probably via the Locker Room Journal Instagram page um, to, to get in touch and let us know. And yes, now we're on to our Agony Uncles. Agony Uncle, here for you. The famous Agony Uncles, the famous tune. Uh, you know what it is. So <laughs> this week, as it's Pride Month, and we, we're going to chuck a scenario out there for us to to discuss. And this week, it's a scenario where if you were gay amongst your friends, Cal, and you've got your group of lads, like how would you come out to your friends? Um, and let's say you've made these friends for, I don't know, you've been friends with them for about three or four years. You're just one of the lads, you're in a group. No one, you know, no one knows. Maybe you've only found out in the past couple of years that, you know, you are either bisexual or you're gay. And yeah, life life continues. None of your friends know. How would you approach that subject and come out to your friends? Oh, it's a tough one because I can imagine for anyone that is um, gay that they that it must be the hardest conversation to have, uh, especially within a group of boys. Like you think, if I'm talking about the boys that we lived with, that there mm. was nine of us, that yeah, that's, yeah. And if, if you're somebody within that house who you've been hiding it maybe all your life, and then you live in a, in a very masculine environment, it's probably yeah, going to yeah. be difficult to come out and sort of say to the boys, listen, I've got something to tell you. But I think if you were to say it, I, I can imagine a whole weight would just be lifted off your shoulders because then you're not hiding that fact. Mm. Um, but if it was me, I think I'd probably pull one of the boys who I was closest to, to one yeah. side and maybe just have a word with them um, and just yes, say, yes. This, this is it. You know, this is how I, I feel. I want you boys to know, but you're my closest mate. So therefore I'm telling you first. Yep. Because I think that'd be better than trying to tell all of your mates, a small yeah. group of your mates. I think it'd be better to just tell, tell the one you're closest with, but I, I just can't, I just couldn't imagine how difficult it must be, especially yeah. within certain environments, whether it's a family or a group of friends. Yeah. Um, I think, I think especially if, it, if it's been an environment where um, like maybe you, you've seen these friends and you saw them all, like you said, if, if we use our group as, a, as an example, I know there's going to be a million different situations here, but uh, like maybe you all saw each other, you know, we met up on last Saturday, didn't we? And that was the yes. first time we've seen each other in about two years, right? A, a lot yeah. changes. Our, our friend Griff good. now has muscles in champagne on Friday night, um, whereas before he was, having VKs lobbed <laughs> in um, in the SU. So a lot has changed. Yeah. Uh, um, and like even Fraser Martin, right? We haven't seen him. He was on last week for three or four years. He's now got a girlfriend who's half vegan and has lost 20 kilos. Like things yeah. change. People yeah. have jobs and, and life change. So I can imagine that makes it probably a bit tougher if it's one of those situations where, you know, you're not seeing each other weekly. It's, it's not daily. Things have changed, but you might still have that mindset of, well, these are the boys that, you know, when I last saw them, we were probably all a lot more immature and, and maybe said things and did things that weren't right at the time, um, yeah. given the, the lens you look through now. Um, but yeah, gradual approach. That's, a, that's yeah, interesting. Think, and how would, you, so. how would you reach out to that person though? What if I yeah. was curious? Well, heard, well not well, curious. No. If, if I if think you, that they are? No, the other way around. So if, because when I, when I heard this question come in, um, for us mm. to, to answer in this section I was like so if, if I was gay and none of my friends knew like how would you actually reach out to to that one person that like, you just send a text like hi I'm gay like how do you how do you do that how would you approach it I th I th oh, it's so difficult because I'm not in that situation yeah but there's pros and cons. Don't do it in person. It's easier if they take it the wrong way, mm. but then it proves to you that that person isn't a friend because well, yeah. I'll be funny if they judge you on that. They're a prick. They, they shouldn't yeah. be in your life anyway. Yeah. Um, but if you do it 
face to face, you can see their genuine reaction. Yep. And they, you'll see that it's not a big deal. If it was me, I'd probably want to do it face to face. So I'd probably just message being like, dude, can I speak to you? Um, yeah. About something. And then probably just sit them down and just be like, look, this is, this is how it is. And it, actually today there's an NFL player that's just come out as gay. Yes. The first yeah. ever NFL player. And I wonder, I, not, I'd love to get him on, find out how he did it. But did he yeah. tell the whole team? Did he tell the manager who told the team? Did he only tell everyone as he came out on yeah, TV? Yeah, was that video the first thing? Was that? Yeah. Yeah, that people saw. But I think it's difficult because neither one of us are in that situation. Like I, if I was, I'd be petrified probably about coming out because I'd be scared of what people would think of me. Yeah, but for the wrong reasons. That's because I'm always one of those. I always think that now about mm. me, about myself. Um, but I just think if if they're your true friends, they wouldn't care. They shouldn't care. Yeah, it's not. It's you know, it's not a big deal. So yeah, what? I'm, I'm with you on that side, right? If, if if anyone is listening to this and comes out or is coming out, and your friends, like you say, make not so much make a big deal out of it. Like you want them to be accepting, and and you know, you want them to be enthusiastic you don't want it to be like all right i'm gay okay bye like mm. <laughs> you know let's go yeah. oh did you see the football last night you want to engage in conversation with them and i'd encourage anyone to but yeah you don't want them to if, if anyone does come out to, to you come out to a friend and they respond in a negative way then like you say there they aren't your friends no first and foremost and i, th- I think that the fear there is yeah it's, it's probably it's, it's that tough part, isn't it, of, of having that conversation? But I think you're right with that face to face with either one or two of them, right? Because if we we were to meet up face to face, hugging, you know, you've got something big to tell me. I'd, I'd be able to tell instantly there's something that you want to say because you're yeah. not going to be able to be yourself, are you, and, and pretend like nothing's happening. Um, so no, I course, think it will no, naturally course, lead to that conversation happening because someone will tell that you're you're not okay, and they'll be like, "All oh, right, are you right, Huggy? Do you, do you want to say something?" Like, what's, what's happening and, yeah. and it just breaks that barrier down whereas i think yeah if you trying to do it over text wouldn't really be the one um no on there but it would be interesting to find out if the nfl player if that was the first time if his teammates already knew just to see if that could help others in, in terms of how do you approach that conversation with your your teammates with your friends um, and, and with those close around you yeah i think i think to whoever messaged in and said that to you i think maybe if you have somebody that already knows that you're gay maybe sit with you when you tell your friends so you've got that support pillar so you're not by yourself yep that might be a good that might be a good option because yeah you're not alone and you've got somebody there that already knows they understand they still love you no one cares like it's just yep. a part of life <laughs> yeah i think that's what i would suggest to whoever's written into is just maybe take someone that does know already yeah Granted, if it's the first person to know <laughs> then it's just that situation. I wouldn't do it in a yeah. big group. Yeah. I would do it in either a small group or one-on-one with somebody that you trust and you. Yeah. And would also protect your privacy, important. right? Like, yes. You, yeah. Yeah. You that's know, massive. That, yeah. That they wouldn't now go and shout it to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Straight away in the group chat, you know, yeah. oh, so-and-so's, you know, you don't, you don't yeah, want just that. Just come out. Yeah. Just come out to me. Yeah. You don't want that. You want it that they, that they will um, respect your privacy respect yep. you and also not care really yep because it's not a big thing like if anyone's out there and they are scared like just think about it if, if somebody takes it the wrong way they're not worth having in your life i'm with you on that Move on. and that's our that is our contribution to pride month as well it's maybe the question's coming because it is it's pride month as well um, and if anyone's listening to this who yeah. who has come out as gay then yeah. feel free to reach out to us if you want to come on a podcast and talk about it because yeah. I think that, that would be great because both of us are straight so we can't say yeah. how we would feel we need to and give also more should you have to come out should mm. you have to come out and say I'm gay we don't come out and come go we're straight so why yeah. should somebody who's gay go by the way I'm gay because we don't turn around yeah. and go by the way I'm straight so then there's that other argument just if you if you're seeing someone just yeah. introduce them to your friends and be like, this is my yeah. boyfriend, this is my girlfriend. Keep it casual. Yeah, just keep it casual because fuck, yeah. like, none of us have had to sit down. I can't remember what I saw that one, but they were saying, why should I sit my parents down 
to say <laughs> I'm gay. I don't sit them down and say I'm straight. Yeah, so, that's a really good point, think, actually. That's a, that's a good question to ponder on. Maybe we mm. can use that as a... That's almost a headline topic in itself, right? Like, why do we... Because there's lots yeah. of things where we, we come out and say things or we do things and make, you know, we go out of our way to tell tell things there. And there's a, there's a big thing at the moment um, with putting your... It's your letters, isn't it? Or, oh, or your yeah. pronouns. Your pronouns, so you were yeah. He, her, they... Um, and yeah. and I see both sides, right? I think it's it's fantastic in a way because if you identify as a he, as a she, or a her, and someone comes up to you and they say him, his, you're going to be, oh, yeah. well, I'm I'm not feeling representative. So I, I get it on that side, but I also think to your point there of like you don't tell people you're straight, you don't tell people your pronouns. Like why is it? Mm. You know, it's everywhere at the moment, isn't it? And it's, it's growing in people that are doing it, but I think the more you treat something like it's special or it's, you know, it then always will stay as special. Whereas to your point there about coming out, if you, if that's just a normal, like a a typical process of people growing up and they go, yeah, this is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. And it isn't, I'm gay. I'm straight. It's just, this is my partner. And there is no judgment around that. Then that's surely a better way for us to be as a, as a society. I think so. And as I say, every week, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Exactly. And cows are usually quite hairy. Um, How many have well, I got? <laughs> opinions are assholes. <laughs> I've got lots of one. I just don't know which one. Well, that took a turn very quickly. Um, so we'll wrap up Agni Uncles there. And into our final section, which is the Say Your Day, where we talk about the good and the bad for the week. Um, and what's been happening we start with the bad as always because we like to end the show on a positive note and um, to yeah. talk about our mental health so Huggy over to you your mental health for the past week what has been negatively impacting it or how has it been negatively impacted it hasn't negatively impacted my mental health yet but okay. I had my scan results back for my knee remember I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on one of the podcasts I was going for a Is scan this the on my same knee. knee from Honda days no, 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 no. Oh, the other knee. It's actually the other <laughs> knee. <laughs> but I injured it playing rugby, had a scan, and I got yeah. the results back today. And and the guy said, "Oh yeah, you've done something to your ACL. Nothing too bad. We can just rehab. We like we can fix it during um, without surgery. Rehab. Yeah, without surgery." Yep. He said, but yep. he goes, "Have you ever had sort of a big trauma to the kneecap?" And I was like, "Not that I know of. Why?" He goes, "Because you fractured your kneecap." Oh, shit. So I've actually, yeah. Well, it doesn't hurt. I only found this out literally on my drive back. It hurts when I touch it or I bang it or do anything. But that wasn't it, what the problem was that I went for the scan for. But he goes, yeah. But also, the worst wandering part around is with it a fractured like knee pop. Really, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he and it's he like, said, what, it's like an old one. Yeah, he said, according to the scan, it looks like it's a really old fracture. He said, so I can't see it being a problem, but I've got to speak to a knee surgeon. So that's not great. So we'll see what comes out of that. So that might affect her mental health negatively. Wow. (laughs) I got a fractured knee. Jeez. Yeah. Now, I've just remembered what it might be. (laughs) Have you? This is an exclusive. It's an exclusive. Turn the volume up for this. I don't know how this just came to me. Second year or third year at uni when I was coaching the dev, yeah. And remember, I won an award. I won Coach of the Year or something like that. At the best AU coach, Ball thing. The AU Ball. Yeah. Now, I got absolutely drunk at that. At that yeah. <laughs> at that, yeah. Um, and I woke up in the morning without my, like, I was missing half my tucks. Like my t- yeah. I think the bottom half of my tucks was completely <laughs> off. My top half was still on, KO'd off my bed. That, that's the way Lost that you my trophy. <laughs> lost my trophy but I'd, I'd my knee was killing me that's yeah. what it is i remember my that knee was killing me and it turns out that apparently i picked someone up in the su yeah decked it yeah smashed my knee on the floor there we go story. kids there we are Don't one drink and night out <laughs> three yeah. three what three four years ago Price no did. mate that would be like six I, years ago wow five or six years ago you think that was it? I, I now know what it was. Wow. Good luck explaining that to the rehab guy. Yeah. Yeah, because he said to me, <laughs> he goes, have you had any major trauma to the kneecap? And I was like, nope, don't think of anything. But it's literally just come back to me. There we oh, are. Oh, man. 
But that's good that you recognised that early. The trophy wasn't worth it, but being dev coach was. Up the dev. That's a special shout out. On the boys. Um, But it's good that you recognise that early doors. Um, Yeah. You know, it it might do. So you monitor that situation, how that affects your mood, you know, when you receive whatever news. Hopefully it's all positive. (laughs) Yeah, I I reckon it will. If I've I've gone this long and I've been playing rugby with it, so it's it's not that bad. What's that video where they're talking about how do your friends get nicknamed? Um, and there's the <laughs> your friend's nicknames and there's the guy called the Sniper's Nightmare. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got, he walks with a limp, so his head bobs about. That become your name. As you grow older, your knee will just give you a limp. <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope not. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that's just come back to me. Well, that's what it was. Bollocks. There we are. That's an exclusive. Yeah. Won't find out anywhere else. I think Yourself? for me, yeah, negative mental in the past week. For me, I... I mean, I thought I had COVID last week. I just wasn't that well. And I That's think, just a knock-on effect of us all oh, going out last Saturday. Literally, I think it, it was a combination of the first time getting... I was going to use the word quite drunk. Um, Mate, we had to put you in a taxi and send you home. You're sleeping on a pub table. <laughs> yeah, so we had a couple of beers. And I think it was a combination of that. Right, I needed to sleep. Like, well, I needed to. I was tired anyway before that. That Saturday, I was literally in Liverpool for about 24 hours. I spent 300 pounds and can't remember half of it. Um, it what a night, though! Fantastic use, night. Of, use of money, but yeah, I needed to sleep and it was so hot, wasn't it? Last week, yeah, last week was the heat wave. And I think I had on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I think I had about four hours sleep each night because I just couldn't, couldn't get off because it was so hot and I was in desperate need of a sleep. Um, because of the, the hangover um, and then the hangover ruined the gym routine which yeah. you know ruined my diet because I don't think I ate anything on the, the Sunday and then I couldn't sleep and honestly it got to Thursday and I felt like I'd been hit by a bus and I was like I was like I feel horrendous I literally couldn't think at work for longer than about 10 minutes um, motivation was out the window we weren't I wasn't training that well and it was just so hot and I wasn't sleeping um, so I was in quite a bad yeah, quite a bad place, I'd say, by Friday. I was like, fuck this. Like, I, yeah. I was going to go to the pub for the England game. I was like, I'm not coming. I can't be bothered to be around people. I want to be on my own and sleep. I'm quite thankful because it was a shit game as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that was probably the negative of, of last week um, in terms of how I was impacted. And not again, too it bad was, considering. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, you know, I couldn't really help the heat. So I was like, I can't, I can't help that I haven't slept. I, I mean, I could have helped not drinking as much, but yeah, no. when in, when in Liverpool, yeah, you gotta oh, do, yeah. do as the Scousers do. But yes, and then on to Huggies highs, <laughs> Huggies well, highs, Huggies highs of the week. It's mate, it's it's definitely gonna be the boys all coming up last week. <laughs> we are nailed on, nailed on. That was. Unreal! It was such a good weekend. Like I've not seen, I've not seen you, well, since last August. So I've not yeah. seen you for a year. I hadn't seen Chris and Wilson for two years, mm-hmm. and Shieldsy for two years. Yeah, since we all went out in Bristol, and Griff, I'd seen like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, uh, so yeah, that was a shame. Um, <laughs> but no, no, it was nice. We had a barbecue. I had some of the boys over from rugby over mine for a barbecue i had a couple of mates amanda was here it was like really nice on the friday then i came picked you boys up from the train station on the saturday yep you know started the day right couple of mimosas made i made some woody bowyers for the boys yep and then we then we went out and then yeah we went to disco festival the music was going the boys were dancing it was getting loose Yep. Like we ended up in Liverpool. You fell asleep on a pub table. I had to convince a taxi driver to take, to take yeah. you home. But Shocking. all in all, and Wilson and Griff and I were just walking around Liverpool for about three hours, not getting let in <laughs> anywhere because we were in shorts. Um, Huggy's but, famous words of wear whatever you want because it's Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Regret that. But no, no. <laughs> that, that for me, seeing all the boys together, like that's the first time since we graduated. No, no, because we went to the Wales game, didn't we, with Dixon a couple of years back. That was when we had Fraser Martin with us. And then Bristol. That's, but that's yeah, the first, that's the first time, time in like two or three years that we've oh, had yeah. the majority of the boys together. 
and yeah it was nice showing you up here it was nice introducing you to amanda like it was all in all class weekend i was so yeah, yeah. that's Huggy for me high. yeah Love that, that made me yeah very happy huggies happiness Huggies happiness um yeah i think i would agree with that as my my high of the week because i was paying for it for the whole week <laughs> since um but yeah i think that was it was probably the most fun i've had you know in a while there's nothing quite like just being with your mates um especially because we don't see each other that often um yeah. and apart from griff who has muscles and champagne on a friday no one's really changed um but no. we do have to congratulate him he is now a doctor so he is a doctor and he's hopefully going back to university yes not he's fucking going, leaving you're <laughs> going back again uh, <laughs> yeah because that was it when we met each other so this is just for the listeners we've obviously all been out of, we've all been working for the past sort of four years and uh, we turn up at the train station i see griff <laughs> i was like griff you know what's been happening what's been going on and he says, oh, I finished uni yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, how long have you been at uni? I feel like I've lived three lives by the time you've left. Um, but, yeah, that was... he's now Dr. Harry Griffiths. Yes, Dr. Harry Griffiths. Look him up. I don't think he listens to this podcast, so fuck him. But, uh, he's a shit house. Shit doctor. Shit bloke. Go see another doctor. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was also my highlight. Um, yeah. So for anyone out there who, yeah, hasn't seen your mates in a while, drop them a message, go get get together on the back of this and say, I was listening to this podcast called The Man Chat, you should listen to it too. And I thought I'd reach out and we'd get together for a couple of beers, um, which incidentally is where I'm about to head shortly now to go watch England fucking lose to Czech Republic because Gareth Southgate's not started Jack Grealish. I thought he had. I thought oh, I, I saw her on Instagram earlier. Is he? he oh, or he was Instagram, com- Instagram confirmed. <laughs> In the well, you know. Um, but don't do- I, should, I shouldn't divulge my sources. <laughs> Your inside context, Warren hey, Gatland. It's where world. most of our business comes from for this podcast. So. <laughs> and as we know, we got some big podcasts yes. coming soon. So as we wrap up today, we have got, keep an eye out for the next year as well. We've got a few big guests coming on that we're very excited to, to speak and to. And it's not just our friends yeah. as well. It's not just boys we lived with. <laughs> yeah it's not just 19 lbg coming on but yes we've got some exciting guests lined up we've got lots happening um across Mm. socials and stuff so make sure you're following us um on the locker room journal following us in man thoughts get yourself in there and and speak to more like-minded fellas there'll be a new man chat instagram as well and if you want to jump on get in contact with sean and i yeah let's get you on here get you on here let's keep spreading our word let's keep getting men thinking talking and understanding your mental health mm-hmm. um, and hopefully having an enjoyable hour listening to me and huggy chat absolute waffle about mental health topics so yeah thank you all for the feedback as well keep it coming in and yeah. we will catch you next week goodbye all